Now, once again, with today's Carolina Newsmakers, here's Don Curtis. We're back from Carolina Newsmakers. Our guest this week uh, is Sean Hardy, and uh, we have him on periodically because the rest of the state of North Carolina needs to learn what's going on in agriculture. And the Farm Bureau is the advocacy group representing North Carolina's farmers. How many members do you have in the Farm Bureau? We are almost at 650,000 members. Uh, Of course, we like to say member families because if you buy a membership, it's for your whole family. And uh, very proud to continue to grow that membership. You know, I tell people all the time, uh, you don't, you know, you have to have a membership to to buy insurance from us, but you don't have to to buy insurance to have a membership. So if you want to support agriculture, join the Farm Bureau. It's $25. Anybody can join. And, uh, and we'd love to have you. Well, that's certainly a nice, uh, nice and attractive low price for membership. Uh, so uh, maybe you'll have a, a lot of non-farmers join just because they'd like to keep up with what you're doing. <laughs> well, I hope so. Uh, we, we've kept that membership low uh, and for, for since the 80s, actually. Uh, my, Is that $25 for a family? That's for a family. Yep. Oh, that's a, that's a bargain. Well, that's a good. deal. <laughs> so uh, if someone wants to join, how do they do that? They, they go online? Yeah, just go to our website. We got a, a place right there where you can click on, I want to join the Farm Bureau. And you join a county Farm Bureau, uh, which uh, then affiliates you with a state organization. So whatever county you're in, uh, we'll get back to you and get you get you set up. So, Out of curiosity, what county has more farmers than any other county? Do you have that information? Oh. <laughs> Oh, I, I should know that. Uh, I need to find that out. Which county has the most? I'd probably say we're looking at Sampson County. Uh, probably Duplin or Sampson would probably be one of the, the top uh, number of farms in, in farming. Yeah, I, I would think that would be a great guess. Of course, as you, you mentioned earlier, we have a great uh, uh, economy in the West in Christmas trees and, and fruits, especially apples. It's another great crop in the West. Oh, we hadn't even talked about apples, uh, wonderful apple orchards out west, and hopefully uh, we're going to have a, a great year up, up in the mountains as well. Now, North Carolina has continued to grow also in the wine industry. Uh, how how much uh, uh, do you see uh, as a future for wine producers in North Carolina? Yeah, it's really been fantastic. I mean, you go up in that Yadkin Valley area, Surrey County uh uh, really, and then you you know, of course, you got the Duplin wineries, which are Muscadines, a different different type of grape. Um, so, it, I think it's fantastic. You know, um, I mentioned the district meetings I'm having across the state. Uh, we call them farm shop meetings because that's the way we we've, we've always done it. Uh, the interesting thing is, uh, as I ask my staff to find us a place to meet in in uh, these different places in the state, I've already met in in four wedding venues <laughs> so that's a big thing now to uh to get married in a barn a nice barn not just a, <laughs> a a farm barn but a nice barn and so that just shows you how much uh agritourism has changed in in our state and uh it, it's pretty interesting that is interesting very interesting well let's talk a little bit about the uh the impact of legislation on farmers uh immigration is certainly a big topic these days nationally uh, in the case of agriculture, immigration, of course, is something that you're vitally concerned about and uh, probably more on the positive side than a lot of folks are considering. Well, you know, I think it, it's a difficult uh, topic. Uh, we're all dealing with it as a, as a country. It's a society. Um, 
I think, you know, you started out or we, we talked about workforce. And I think there's so many places that need people to work uh, that we need to, to think about where are these workers going to come from? Uh, how are we going to grow our economy? You know, we, we've added a lot of jobs in North Carolina. And I'm starting to ask myself, well, where are the workers going to come from if we can't even fill the, the jobs we have? So I think immigration is important. I don't think it's a, a too broad a statement to say we we messed it up uh, and we need to fix it. You know, we need a we need a comprehensive immigration program uh, that lets people come in here to our country who want to work and and who can work and, and do a great job for us and contribute to society. So that that's where we are on it. Uh, One of the big costs, of course, the farmer looks at is energy, but that. Uh, and gas prices, but that seems to have sort of stabilized here the last six months. It does. Uh, I think that's probably a, I think we could go into this farming season and say it's probably a bright spot as far as the, the energy costs that uh, farmers are going to be looking at. Um, but we've all seen how volatile that, that market can be. But I think there's been changes over the last decade uh, where our country is producing more energy. Obviously, we have the uh, tremendous push into the green industry and and that's uh, affecting agriculture as well whether we're talking about solar operations or or wind farms or uh, all the different things that we see going up seeds and fertilizer of course a big cost to a number of these crops that we've talked about uh we've had a period of time where we've had some inflation is that beginning to level off well i think so um you know, with fertilizer and seed prices, the, the problem in, when we're talking about agriculture, I'll, I'll try to, you know, you're talking about growing a crop for six months, eight months, depending on the crop. Uh, so you may buy uh, input prices at one uh, inflationary level and then have commodity prices eight months from that time be at another level. It, it's, it's really concerning to me. And uh, of course, our farmers are smart business people. They'll They'll figure it out, but you got to be careful with this inflation. Uh, and sometimes the commodity prices come down quicker than the input prices do. And that can really put a squeeze on a farmer. I think I've told this story before, but I had a great friend who was a farmer in Scotland County and he loved farming and I asked him one time how long he was going to farm. He said, I think I've got barely enough money to farm four more years. <laughs> But farming you know, is uh, sort of an average yeah. thing, as I understand. You're going to have some really good years, and then you're going to have some lean years. Oh, absolutely. And and most most people in agriculture understand that you're going to have the the good years and the lean years. Um, but it is, you know, we we do laugh about it and, and and make jokes about, you know, if I won the lottery, I'd be able to farm another year, things like that. <laughs> but uh, it is, you know, the the reality of it is a lot of times. Uh, our farmers are eating into their, their land equity uh, to continue the farm. And that's, that's not a good place to be. So let's talk about legislation that uh, uh, is either being proposed on a federal level or the state level that uh, may affect uh, the North Carolina farmer and uh, the positions that uh, your organization is taking. Well, we've been all hands on deck uh, really since last year. Uh, in agriculture to get a farm bill passed uh, from a federal standpoint. Uh, that's just been everybody's focus. Um, we did not get it done last year. And uh, several reasons for that, uh, 
I don't think I have to say that we've had sort of a dysfunctional Congress for a while. Uh, and so they kicked the can down the road and said, we're going to extend it till uh, this September. So we're making an all out push again to get this farm bill done. <clears throat> I think it's um, like everything now, it's more expensive. Uh, and so I think, you know, obviously it always comes down to money uh, when you're talking about passing those those government uh, bills. But the farm bill is so important to agriculture, so important to North Carolina farmers. Um, that's the crop insurance title. That's where we uh, see crop insurance at. And for our farmers, um, that's the safety net. You know, that's how you can go into a year. Uh, you can go see your banker this, this time of year and say, here's my plan. Here's what I want to do. And the banker can have confidence, just like the farmer can, that something bad happens, that their crop insurance there to, to help pay the bills. So we need uh, we need that farm bill done, and uh, we'll continue to push on that on the federal level. What were some of the issues that caused uh, contention uh, from keeping it passed in the last uh, in the last several months? Well, we don't have a budget in our country, so we got to have a budget before we can move forward with the farm bill. Uh, and so, and and you know, uh, all the issues that are uh, that we're dealing with in Washington right now, um, the farm bill is interesting because a lot of the farm bill uh, is is the SNAP program, you know, and so now, it's what including is the the feeding programs that uh, help feed uh, people who are less fortunate, and so. Uh, that's a part of it, and that's a big part of it. And, and quite frankly, nobody wants to see that go away. Uh, and, and so I think that's an important part of passing the farm bill. Um, and so we're, we're asking both sides of the aisle uh, to say, look, this is important. We need to continue to feed our country, uh, continue to feed the people who are less fortunate. Uh, and so uh, that's, it. that's an important side, but also we need to continue to support our, our farmers in agriculture with, with crop insurance and, and all the other things that the farm bill does. So we feel like it's a good bipartisan bill that should get, should be done by both sides, but uh, we'll continue to make that argument. Now let's move to the state level. Are there any legislative priorities that you have for the general assembly of the state of North Carolina? Well, I think, uh, you know, we've made a big push last year and I think we'll do it again this year to, to look at more, food manufacturing in North Carolina. Um, we need to take these great products that our farmers are producing uh, and some of them that need to be, you know, further processed or manufactured. We need to do that here. We need to do that in North Carolina, whether it's uh, making cheese from our, from our milk. Um, you know, so many people eat their dairy now, not drink it. And so we need to, we ought to do that here. So we've been making a big push in that space. Um, whether it's sweet potato, you know, processing sweet potato chips here or any of those products that we talk about. Uh, I think that's really the push that we'll ask our, our General Assembly to help with. And they've done a fantastic job in the past, and we hope we'll continue to do that. You mentioned earlier the community college system, because I think very often when we think of agriculture, we think of uh, the General Assembly. But you've got farm agents in every county. You've got community colleges uh, and they play a vital role also in continuing education and education close to home. Absolutely. I mean, uh, just a, a really great place for a young person to go and, and learn a trade, learn a skill at a community college. 
and and really do do very well. Uh, this is not these are not low paying jobs. These are these are good paying jobs, and there's plenty of jobs out there. So uh, I think that we need to um, continue to work with our community college, and we got good relationships with our community college and agriculture programs, um, but also start start further back back in high school to uh, help people have that career path. When I was in school, 4-H clubs were very big. Are, are they still growing and do we have plenty of them? Because that's where I got some introduction to farming and my dad was a druggist and I lived in a town, but uh, I learned an awful lot about agriculture by joining the 4-H club. Those are great programs. And yes, we do continue to have a fantastic 4-H in our state. Uh, obviously, uh, FFA um, Manners program, which is a, a program for um, uh, you know our young African American ki- uh, children, and so we got great leadership programs uh, across the state, and and they're just so important that that really, as you talked about just then, it, it starts you down that path of well, maybe I want to do this, or maybe I want to go into this area, um, and and so I, I just we support those. Our county farm bureau support them because they're so important to young people. Well, it's uh, it's also interesting about uh, how North Carolina is the envy of the world as far as our higher education system, which includes not only the state universities, but also the the uh, community colleges. I imagine as you travel, people are envious. Yes. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's really fantastic. And we could focus, like you said, on, on several different areas, but I hear uh, so many um, of my counterparts in other states that, that hear about the biotechnology that goes on in the Research Triangle Park, how that plays into the university system at NC State and, and A&T State and, the, and these other places. And, and that's, that's really um, what we have going for us in North Carolina. Our guest is Sean Harding. He's the president of the North Carolina Farm Bureau. And we've got one final segment, and we're going to sort of talk about uh, what's on Sean's agenda for the next six months, next 12 months. He's already talked about uh, visiting around the state. We'll follow up on that as well. And we'll do that right after we take time out for these messages. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting. A teenager learning the lingo. Today I'm going to help parents translate teen slang. Now, when a teen says something is on fleek, it's exactly like saying that's rad. It simply means that something is awesome or cool. Another one is totes. It's exactly like saying totally, just shorter. As in, I totes love going to the mall with Becca. Another word you might hear is jelly. Jelly is a shorter, better way to say jealous. As in, Chloe, I am like so jelly of your unicorn phone case. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will think you're, um, rad just the same. To learn more, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. I'm a 40-year-old man that walked in there to get his high school diploma. It was very hard for me, but Miss Araceli, she gave me direction. At age 47, Marco finished his high school diploma. 50% of getting your high school diploma is walking through those doors. The other 50% is doing the work. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Carolina Newsmakers continues, and once again, here's Don Curtis. 
We're back on Carolina Newsmakers. Before we get back to our guest, Sean Harding, I'd like to remind the people who are listening to this program. This program is carried in a one-hour format in a number of our stations, but on a half-hour format on others. If you happen to be listening to one of the stations that carries the half-hour version, you can get the two segments that you miss by going to carolinanewsmakers.com. That's carolinanewsmakers.com. And if you would uh, like to listen to segments again or share them with a neighbor, you can do the same thing. It's carolinanewsmakers.com, one word. Our guest this week is Sean Harding. He is the uh, 12th president of the North Carolina Farm Bureau, having assumed that responsibility in 2019. He's a third-generation farmer, and when he's not uh, uh, in his role as farm uh, president of the Farm Bureau, he grows fruits and vegetables on his farm. Uh, it's called Southside Farms in Chocowinity, North Carolina. Um, Great job, Doc. <laughs> uh, well, you know, a lot of people can't say Chocowinity. <laughs> or or uh, the one I like is when people look at uh, COE and TOE and want to call it Conto. Yes. <laughs> and of course, we have people, those places in North Carolina. Yeah, and, and, uh, the people in Canada want you to call it Canada, not Conto. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, uh, Sean, uh, you've got a lot of things on your plate, but uh, let's just sort of, uh, if you would, give us an overview of what is uh, on the top of your list as things that you're looking at doing as you go back to work uh, uh, at uh, the Farm Bureau and and, uh, the various projects that you're undertaking. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Uh, You know, we... I've been, as you mentioned, uh, in this role since 2019, so just starting my fifth term, fifth year, and uh, I thought it was time to uh, to talk about the future. You know, we've had a, a glorious path at Farm Bureau, and we're proud of of where we've been, uh, or where we where we are where we are now. But uh, where are we going? That's what I'm asking our volunteers. Where you know, the future of agriculture is changing, and so that means the future of Farm Bureau needs to change. And and what's it going to look like? So. Uh, that's what we're working on right now. As I mentioned, the district meetings that we've done, uh, I've done six of those and I'll do two more. And so I'm just listening, you know, just listening to the farmers and the, and the volunteers, of the organization to say, where do you, where do you want to go in the future? Well, we've already touched on a number of their concerns and the first workforce is, is high on the list. Are any people offering good suggestions of how, of some things that perhaps we ought to be doing? Yeah, you know, I think uh, I, I heard a good one the other day that uh, <laughs> it was a it was a, a elderly gentleman that was a tobacco farmer. He, he'd seen tobacco change from, you know, hand tied on a stick to to uh, the equipment that we use now, the leaf handlers and and the uh, harvesters. You know, there would probably been a lot of people back in the day would have said, "We'll never do that in tobacco. We'll never mechanize that crop. It'll always be hand labor," and yet we did. Again, you know, with our universities and technology, uh, we were able to do that. So I think that's the future. Uh, Are we going to be killing weeds with robots? Are we going to be picking crops with robots? Uh, What's the future look like? And and obviously, we're going to depend on our our, our partners at NC State and and other universities to help us with that. But I think we've got to not just assume we're going to have a labor force forever, but how are we going to get more efficient with uh, with technology and 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 mechanize some of these uh, crops. Do you consider forestry as a part of the of the uh, Farm Bureau's work? Absolutely, uh, forestry is a part of the Farm Bureau's work. Uh, we work closely with uh, our aquaculture and, and fish farming, and 
and uh, commercial fishermen. So we, we just feel like, uh, you know, especially with forestry, most farms are going to have uh, part of their farm is going to have some trees on it, going to be managed forest. And, and so that's a, a part of agriculture as well. Are we, uh, you mentioned earlier, of course, one of the problems that you have with growth is that requires people to have a place to live, to work and play. And that takes up acreage. Uh, how are we on land? Or is that getting to, to be a critical stage yet? Well, I believe it is, and, and I'm, I'm sure you've talked to uh, Commissioner Troxler. It's one of the, his major uh, talking points that uh, we, we've just got to, uh, I guess, think more critically about how we grow as a state. Uh, obviously, people need, need places, as you said, to live, play, and, and, and work, and that's going to take land. Uh, but, you know, we have to be okay, I guess, as, uh, as a state, as a people, uh, with you know, giving up farmland because that means we're going to have to get our food from somewhere else. And, and where else is that going to be? Um, you know, I, so I, I think that's a question, well, not just for North Carolina, but really for our country to ask ourselves, do we want to grow our own food or do we want somebody to grow it for us? Um, you mentioned the, the resourcefulness of people in the mountains. Of course, the Christmas tree industry is so good up there because you can grow Christmas trees on very <laughs> steep land. And, and in fact, it's actually an advantage. Yes. I mean, and that's, you know, that's taking what we have and using it to the best of our ability. And, and we're going to continue to do that. I, I feel certain, you know, I think again, not to keep talking about technology, but we've learned how to grow things and in greenhouses very, uh, you know, very well. And so there, there's other technologies that will help us to grow more on less land, uh, because that's what we're going to have to do going forward. People don't think about, uh, the people who grow, uh, uh, products of florists like uh, the poinsettias at Christmas. That's another industry that uh, is fairly prevalent in North Carolina. Oh, and the in the nursery industry in our state is tremendous. Uh, you, you know, you go around. Uh, well, it's all over the state, but uh, that's a that's a big part of agriculture in our state. The green industry we call it. Uh, but you got to you mentioned the poinsettias in the fall or in the in the Christmas time. Um, but you've got all the, the Easter lilies. Yeah, all the crops that go along with, with nursery crops, and and uh, and that's a big, big part of what we do in North Carolina. Uh, I, here's something I've been wanting to ask somebody that, that uh, uh, for a long time. Long-range weather forecast. I'm talking about three and four and five months out. Uh, I, I'm sure that there are such things. I don't see them very often. Uh, are, are they useful? Uh, do they turn out to be helpful at all? It's interesting you ask that. I was just watching. Uh, there's a there's a weather guy uh, that I watch uh, online, and and uh, he actually did a segment on long range weather forecasts. And the reason you don't hear a lot about them is they're not very good. <laughs> so <laughs> he he shared, you know, last year they thought that, that we were going to have a really, uh, you know, I, I can't remember it was a, a really uh, wet summer and it turned out it wasn't. And so it, anyway, it's, I think he showed about, you know, you get off about 10 days, maybe two weeks, uh, that chart starts to fall off of how accurate they can be, even with all the things that we know. Uh, so that's, that's, that's why you don't hear a lot about three. They'll put them out there three and four month uh, predictions, but you got to be careful about them. <laughs> so the farmer's almanac is not necessarily a useful tool. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's uh, 
No, I wouldn't say it can be a useful tool, uh, but just maybe not for a weather forecast. <laughs> uh, North Carolina's growing season is uh, uh, pretty long. What what crops are grown in the wintertime? Are there any crops grown in the wintertime? Well, we, we still grow some wheat, uh, winter wheat, and so that that is growing. You know, if you go by a field now and see it green, uh, more than likely that's a, a cereal grain, we call them. As, uh, so it could be a rye or a wheat or, or one of those that's growing, and we grow more wheat than anything. Um, but, you know, not not a whole lot of other things that are growing in the wintertime here. Um, but as we march into March, we're getting ready to get started here. We mentioned earlier that uh, too much water or too much rain can be a real problem to the farmer. And we've had several hurricanes where we had extensive flooding. And there have been uh, a lot of efforts to see if we can't control some of that flooding. Are we making any progress in that area? I think so. I know there's a lot of people working on it. There's been a lot of money uh, put towards it. And so I think we're making progress. I'm always uh, wishing things happen quicker than they do. I guess impatient uh, because, you know, I feel like the, the, the clock is ticking for the next big hurricane and we need to be prepared. But we've looked at some really interesting things that uh, happened up in Iowa uh, where they dealt with flooding of the Mississippi River there. And uh, actually, actually use some farmland to, to capture some of that water so it didn't, you know, flood towns and houses and, and then let it go out slowly. So I, I'm excited about the, again, the technology, the, the opportunities there to uh, perhaps control some of the flooding that we know is going to happen. It's, it's just a matter of time. You know, when we watch movies, especially movies set in the Midwest, we see almost every farmer has a, uh, Windmill. Are farmers using uh, and harnessing wind power very much? You don't see that a lot here in North Carolina. I think we are, uh, you know, looking certainly at, at wind power, uh, mainly off the coast. I think there's a lot of talk about that as far as generating wind energy. Um, but you don't see that a lot on uh, farms. The, the most exciting thing I see in the energy space on farms is uh, is in our livestock operations, these biodigesters that are capturing the methane uh, and then converting that to natural gas uh, and then putting that back in a, in a pipeline. I mean, that's that's really turning uh, the corner, I think, and uh, we're excited about where that's going in the future. That would seem to have a great future because that's absolutely wasted. Yes. Uh, yep. Broadband. Uh, North Carolina talks about expanding broadband, and there are, of course, a lot of eastern North Carolina and western North Carolina counties that are still without access to broadband. Uh, how fast are we moving on that, and uh, how important is it? Well, I mentioned I'm impatient. Uh, <laughs> I think I think we should uh, – I, I wish it was happening faster, uh, but the one thing that's not a problem now is uh, – We've got a plenty of money that's been put into this from the federal government. We actually had an announcement yesterday. Uh, I was with the Secretary of Agriculture, Bill Sack, to uh, help some put some more broadband money out there. And and so we're getting there. I understand it's a, it's a challenge, uh, but I think everybody has come to the realization, and, and maybe this is one of the positives that came out of COVID, that, uh, you know, this is just like we electrified our, our country many, many years ago. And um, this is how we're going to work and maybe do health care and all kinds of things in the future. So 
it's important for everyone to have reliable connectivity, but especially our farmers. We've talked about all this technology I mentioned. It just doesn't work if you don't have the connectivity. Connectivity is a big deal in every area of our economy, and, and it's so important for us to continue that work to connect all of North Carolina because it also broadens the uh, ability of the rural areas to get good health care as, as well as uh, be involved in the economy. Yeah, it, it levels the playing field. Uh, yeah. It levels the playing field. And I think that's, you know, I know I, I, I think it's good for all of North Carolina, even even our cities and urban areas that rural North Carolina. Uh, does well. And and I think we've, we're moving in that direction. I'm positive that we're moving in that direction. Well, Sean Harding, we certainly appreciate you sharing time and your wisdom with us. Sean Harding, the president of the North Carolina Farm Bureau, uh, he uh, tells you that if you'd like more information, of course, you can go online and check it out all the time. Our program has been produced by Jason Kong. He promises me faithfully we'll have another interesting guest next week on the same group of stations all across North Carolina. So until next week on the same station, I hope you and yours have a very, very good week. Carolina Newsmakers is a production of NCN and is heard each week on a network of North Carolina's leading radio stations. To hear a repeat of this broadcast, go to carolinanewsmakers.com. Carolina Newsmakers is produced by Jason Kong. Network engineer is Alan Sherrill. I'm Scott Fitzgerald inviting you to join us again next week, same time, for Carolina Newsmakers. Newsmakers.